Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. I am Joe uh, from EV Motoring, and welcome to the Family EV Podcast. Normally, this podcast is uh, kept just to the podcast channel and outlets, but if you're watching this on my YouTube channel, the EV Motoring YouTube channel, that's because we've had some major news come out this week. Normally, we try to keep the news on the podcast and car reviews and stuff like that over on the uh, YouTube channel, but such big changes like this to the tax uh, to the tax credits was worth talking about. So I think the best way to go about this is let's just kind of uh, go over the tax credit and then kind of go over what these changes did and how that should affect your car buying decision. Uh, I'll start with saying, I am, although I am a tax professional, I am not your tax professional. So make sure uh, if you have any questions about how these laws would Im uh, impact your life to make sure to check your uh, tax situation with your tax professional. John is off trying to be funny, uh, doing his comedy stuff, and I wanted to make sure we got this video out. So uh, it's just me this week. So next week, he'll be back on the podcast. So make sure you're subscribed to the podcast um, wherever you get your podcast from, and make sure you check out both of our YouTube channels. His is Regular EV Dad and uh, I'm over at EV Motoring. So, the tax credit. In August of 2022, the Inflation, Inflation Reduction Act was signed, and that made a lot of big changes to the tax credit in that vehicles now had to be built in North America. They still kind of maintained the old battery rules at that time. So, for example, you would get a $2,500 base credit and then as long as the battery was at least um, five kilowatt hours, and then you would get $417 per kilowatt hour more up to a maximum of $7,500. So this would cause vehicles like the, uh, the, the BMW 330e plug-in hybrid to get a credit of $5,836, while the X5 plug-in hybrid would get $7,500. And that was just dif differences due to the battery size. And both of those are produced, are, are built, assembled in North America, so they both would get the credit. However, si when that bill was signed in August, uh, it required that vehicles are built in North America, but it also had a lot of battery restrictions that are gonna change the way the credit worked. But it took many months to get that all figured out because it is fairly complicated, as you'd imagine, for where all of these minerals and everything comes together within the batteries of the cars. So finally, April 18th, 2023, so if you're watching this when we, po uh, when we posted this just a couple days ago, the IRS re uh, released the new guidance related to these battery restrictions. So now it basically becomes a battery credit, not an EV credit, if you want to look at it that way. Because you still can get a maximum of $7,500. It's through $3,750 for the critical minerals requirement and another $3,750 for the uh, battery components requirement. And we'll go into that in a little bit. Another thing to note is that it's not a refundable credit so you need to have at least enough tax liability to cover the amount of credit you'll get. I know there have been some rumors that this was going to be a refundable credit, but it's not. It, it only covers the tax liability you will have 
on your tax return that you will file next year. So be very aware of what your income situation is to know you'll be able to take advantage of this tax credit. And it also does not carry forward. You have to use it all in, in one year. Unless you're a business, then that's a little bit different. So if you're an Uber driver or some things like that, you can carry it forward with the form 3800. Um, that's a business carry forward. But that's only for some, you know, certain business situations. For the general individual, use it or lose it. So the key new, uh, two new components of the credits. The critical minerals requirement, which requires that 40% of the critical metals, essentially, that go into the battery be manufactured um, in the U.S. or a country with a U.S. free trade agreement. So think of like South Korea, Australia, Mexico, Canada, etc. And that'll go up 10% every year until 2027 when it's required to be 80%. And then if we go down to the battery components requirement, uh, this is more of like the battery being assembled. This has to happen in North America. So the free trade agreement kind of loses out there. That's why you'll see some EVs only get to 3,750. Either they don't have enough of the minerals or maybe they just don't assemble the battery in North America. So this one starts at 50% for 2023 and ramps all the way to 100% by the time we get to 2029. So the moral of this story is, if you go to fueleconomy.gov and an EV you're looking at qualifies for the full credit right now or half the credit, it could uh, you know, gain more credit down the road if some of these things change. But as these percentages ramp, it's also likely that some of these companies, uh, the cars will fall off. So if you, if you see a car you like that's getting the full 7,500 right now, I'd probably advise going and trying to get that vehicle before the end of the year just because you don't know if it'll qualify next year. And that's kind of the, the one biggest downside of, of this uh, release that fueleconomy.gov has on these vehicles. I was hoping they would give a lot more clarity of you know, uh, what percentage each of these vehicles is uh, for qualifying. So we know, oh, this car will be, you know, maybe the Lyric is good for the next couple of years, or maybe the Lyric just skimmed by this year and it won't qualify next year. We don't know. So uh, unfortunately, hopefully some of that data maybe comes out, but right now it's just kind of a secret of us not knowing really much about these batteries still. Um, a couple other quick things with the credit. The uh, income limits still apply. Those, uh, those took effect, so that's, those took effect uh, earlier this year. And so that's $150,000 adjusted gross income for a single person and $300,000 adjusted gross income for married couples. And remember, that's for the tax year that you're purchasing the vehicle. So it doesn't matter how much money you made last year, it's about how much money you're going to make this year while you're making your vehicle purchase. And it's a hard a hard stop. So you make 100, if you're single and you make $149,999, you get a $7,500 tax credit. But if you make $151,000, you get zero tax credit. So unfortunately, it's not a, a phase out. It's, it's just a hard, fast rule on that one. Um, also, you know, vehicles still need to continue to be built in North America and the price limits. So cars are capped at $55,000. Trucks, vans, SUVs, those can be $80,000. $80, and um, the fueleconomy.gov website does a really good job of showing this. And actually what's great is they also show... Uh, the difference of if you bought your vehicle before April 18th 
versus after. And this is great because some people might have, you know, purchased last week and maybe they hadn't, you know, figured out everything, what their credit's going to be. And they might have heard this news that there's tax credit changes. Don't worry. You bought your vehicle before April 18th. You use the old rules. It, this, uh, the website is very good at you know, showing you uh, what box to check and it'll show what your applicable credit would be. So the first thing you'll notice once you flip back and forth between the uh, before April 18th versus April, after April 18th credits is the amount of vehicles that dropped off the list. There is now only 20 vehicles that qualify for the credit. And three of those aren't even out yet. You know, that's the Silverado, the Equinox, and the Blazer. Good to see that they will qualify, but yeah, we're down to basically 17 vehicles that you can go find off a lot today. Big drop off in the amount of vehicles getting it. I won't get into leases. That's a whole nother video. Technically, some vehicles will still qualify if you lease them, but that's a whole nother video. This is, we're strictly talking vehicle, new vehicle purchases. This is where it starts to get uh, really interesting. So over here on, the, on their website, let's uh, scroll down to just pick or take a random car and how these battery um, credits will change. So let's go to Lincoln. The Aviator gets $6,534 and the Corsair gets $6,800. Okay, so now let's scroll up and change it to April 18th. Uh, you know, so essentially if you're purchasing today, because now it's it's either 3750, it's either zero 3750 or all 7500. Well, now the Aviator gets the full 7500. Even though it has a small battery, the battery is produced uh, with the right minerals and built in the right location. It gets the full 7500. However, the Corsair drops to 3750. So, um, so it's interesting how Lincoln one one of their vehicles batteries, even though they're both plug-in hybrids, you would think they're you know, would be making it in the same facility with the same ingredients, but um, kind of same thing happened with Chrysler. Uh, the, the, Grand, uh, the Grand Cherokee plug-in and the Wrangler dropped to 3750, but the Pacifica still gets 7500. So that's where it'd really be interesting to learn more of this data about why these vehicles did or didn't qualify. Uh, if we go to if we go to Ford, the E-Transit and the Escape Plug-In Hybrid, which makes sense because the Lincoln Corsair and Escape Plug-In Hybrid are the same vehicle. And all of the Mustang Mach-E's only get 3750. So a huge hit for affordability there, especially when we get to Tesla later. Uh, the, but the Lightning gets all 7500, so that's great for that. Uh, the, the Chevys, all of the Chevys qualified for the full 7500, so great on Chevy there on getting their sourcing properly. And actually the Bolt uh, also. There was some rumors I'd heard that the Bolt was maybe going to lose half of its credit. No, it looks like it's still going to maintain the full $7,500. So still the bargain of the year, you know, a $26,000 and some change starting price on a Bolt, $7,500 off here. If you live in a state like Illinois here where you can get another $4,000 off, you're getting a brand new 260 mile range EV for $16,000 after all the credits are in. You know, this is... Certainly at the point of, it's not the question of, oh, which is cheaper, a gas vehicle or a electric vehicle. There are electric vehicles that are certainly competitive. And in this case of the Bolt, cheaper than pretty much anything else you can get out there. Because if you compare a Bolt to like a Hyundai Accent or, you know, something, a very affordable small car, the Bolt's going to be cheaper to fuel, cheaper for maintenance, and a much nicer place to be compared to the way the build quality of the Accent. The Bolts are actually 
nice and quiet cabins. Uh, definitely take one for a test drive if you're looking for just an around town car. Now we move down to Rivian. Rivian interested me. They only get $37.50. I thought that they were, uh, you know, had a lot of their sourcing requirements figured out and it was a very American built, uh, built vehicle, but they are losing half the credit. Uh, Volkswagen is getting the full 7,500 still. So that's great to see from them. Uh, there was concern that I think it was a couple days ago when this first came out, the Volkswagens were not on this list. So again, check the fueleconomy.gov website and see if, you know, what your car is at because these are very, you know, very fluid situations. I mean, the Volkswagen ID4 last year, for example, some of them were made in Germany, some of them were made in Tennessee. So that kind of stuff can change at any point. They can change, you know, if they're, if they're running, running a short supply of batteries here, it wouldn't, uh, you know, wouldn't be against them to import some batteries if that's what they got to do to keep the production line moving. So you really got to make sure that you check the vehicle you're buying to make sure the credit qualifies for it. Cause obviously it's a huge part of the purchase price. Um, and last but not least, we move to Tesla. So Tesla, uh, the model three standard range is the only car that's affected here because that has the LFP, uh, CATL batteries. So that'll get 3,750. Whereas the, uh, model three performance in theory, the model three long range, when that comes back out, the model Y all wheel drive, which is the made in Texas, uh, with the, the castings and the 4680 structural battery pack, certainly interested in checking that vehicle out hopefully soon. And then the Model Y long range all wheel drive and Model Y performance, all of those are going to qualify for the full 7,500. So huge there. Now that we have this list here though, I really want to hear your thoughts uh, and comment down below. One, how much do tax credits impact your purchase? Are, is the, are you dead set on a car and you know, maybe you want a Hyundai Ionic and now Hyundai Ionic, Ionic fives have not gotten the credit since August, did that affect your purchase decision? Or here, now if you were in the market for a Mach-E and the Mach-E just had their credit cut in half, all while the meantime Tesla just lowered prices again today, which, uh, spoiler alert, I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. But now do you look at a Model Y instead of a Mach-E just based on the sheer price? So I'd love to hear that uh, in the comments down below. And so now let's uh, jump over to Tesla because the, the, they had their credit changed a little bit and, and then they've dropped some pr price drops on top of everything else. So, uh, the value proposition just becomes ridiculous here. As we might have expected, the rear wheel drive standard range model three just got lowered to $40,000, 39,990, uh, for the uh, white paint. Everything here is going to be white paint, black interior. So Tesla options. You pay a thousand to two thousand for paint, and you pay a thousand for a white interior, and then there's a, some rim options and yada yada. But they lowered the price of the Model Three rear-wheel drive, and we expected that because the credit got cut in half. So they want to try to keep this delta between what is a Model Three rear-wheel drive cost and what is a Model Three performance and long-range when it comes back cost. So by lowering the price of the Model Three uh, standard range, that keeps it competitive after tax credit. We're right at the third, basically the $35,000 car that kind of was promised since day one. You know, so it took a couple of years and there was some supply chain issues and inflation, but Tesla's shown that through ramping production, they uh, can, can deliver on a really great car. And 
for uh, I own a Model 3 rear-wheel drive right now, and with the LFP batteries, it's 272 miles rated range. Really, it's like 230 usable range on a daily basis. And the thing with the LFP batteries is you charge to 100% every single time, every single day or every single week, whenever you want. They're, they're not damaged like uh, other batteries where you only want to charge to 80% or so. So you're leaving the house with 272 miles of rated range every day. Whereas if you go to like the long range, that's around 340, 350 miles of rated range on a full charge. If you're only doing 80%, you're basically leaving the house with almost the same rated range. And, you know, there's other things, you know, the all-wheel drive, long ranges get better stereo. You're getting the dual motor all-wheel drive. But it's worth worth considering if you just need a, a car for around town and maybe an occasional road trip. I've done 5,000 mile road trips in this uh, Model 3 um, standard range and it worked great. Videos to come soon, so stay tuned for those. Again, make sure you're subscribed to both, both of our YouTube channels. Those will all be linked down below. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss any of that. And then uh, also I'll have these uh, the EPA or the fueleconomy.gov website linked down below too so you can feel free to mess around with uh, what each you know what each car's credit is if there's one particular you're you're looking for. So that was the price changes on the Model 3. Now here's where it gets crazy. The Model Y had some price changes too. The dual motor all-wheel drive that's the 4680 battery Model Y that's produced in Texas is now just $47,000 and it gets the full $7,500 tax credit. So, and the interiors on these are fairly premium. There's not really options to, option boxes to check. So take the tax credit off, assuming you qualify for it, and you're under $40,000 for a brand new Model Y dual motor, 270, nine miles of rated range, realistically probably around 220, 230, 240 of usable range. Well, what does that compare to? The Mach-E. The Mach-E gets around 230 miles on the base base battery, but, and, but it only gets the $3,750 credit, not the $7,500 credit. And that's just the standard interior. If you want premium, that's a, a I think around a five or $6,000 upgrade. I'm not sure what their pricing is exactly right now. But no matter how you spin it, that Mach-E is going to be five to $7,000 more expensive than the Model Y. Hard, hard, hard pill to swallow. I mean, I'm not biased toward Tesla. I've owned a Polestar 2. I've owned a Volkswagen ID4. After this Tesla Model Y, I'll own some other brand to, to be decided. But... It's a hard bargain to it's it's a hard sell to convince someone that they should give up Tesla's supercharging network, especially with the state of the CCS network right now. Um, it, you know, I guess I guess if you're only using the vehicle around town, then certainly you don't need the supercharging network. But the Tesla's yeah, it's it's a hard bargain to sell, especially with the software updates and everything else. But then we have the uh, so, so so that was the dual motor all wheel drive. We have the long range coming in at $50,000 and then the performance at $54,000. This is very interesting too because the Kia EV6 GT and the Mustang Mach-E GT, those are around $60,000 or more, 60 to $70,000.
and no tax credit on the EV6, 3750 on the Mach-E. Here you get a Model Y performance for $54,000 and it gets the full $7,500 tax credit. Zero to 60 in three and a half seconds, 155 mile per hour top speed. Pretty, pretty good uh, value vehicle, if you ask me. Find, find that performance elsewhere, you'll be paying a lot more money. So now that I've gotten on my little uh, Tesla bandwagon rant, just because yet again, another price change, um, and I've tried to go through this tax credit to, you know, just a quick run through to my best ability. My contact information is down below. The feel free to comment down below with any questions you have. I try to get back to all the comments if possible. Again, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss any upcoming content. Lots of content coming out uh, between now that I got this Tesla, road trips coming out with that. Have some other car reviews that'll be coming out soon. Of course, we'll be following any any big changes with this as vehicles kind of fall on and off the list. We'll be updating that through the podcast as well as other news comes through the through the podcast. So make sure you subscribe to that. And if it bored you to listen to me for all this time, don't worry, John will be back next week so we can bounce some ideas off of each other about what we think about changes in the uh, electric car space. And with that, take care until next time.